Hey, welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, the go-to business management podcast for Australian bookkeepers running a business. Tune in for practical lessons, inspiring stories, guest speakers and resources to help you work smarter in the way you do business. And now your host, Amy Hook, is here to help you build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love. Good morning. Thank you for joining me today. And today's topic is going to be about growing your business. And you might have had enough of hearing about this topic. So today I'm going to go the complete opposite. And I'm going to talk about what to focus on if you've decided that you don't want to grow. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to grow. But there is a lot of pressure on us as business owners that we should be growing and that growing should look like something specific. And so I've been thinking about this a lot lately and, you know, I guess I've been reflecting on this and thinking, you know, what does it actually mean to grow? And, you know, what can we spend our time doing if we have reached the point where we've decided at the moment or, um, maybe for good. I don't know. No one really knows. I've had a, a few stints where I felt that I've left or stopped doing something and then later a new season has come up and I've decided to go back to doing it again. So let's talk a little bit about growing first because what we're going to be talking about today is things to focus on if you don't want to grow. So in order to talk about what happens when you don't want to grow, we need to talk about what growing actually means and then we can kind of look at other op options. So I think what I'm getting at is, so I had a little bit of a look online to, you know, see what the dictionary says about growing and to see that um, what the, thesaur the, the, the thesaurus says about growing. Can't even say it. Um, so basically, um, you know, the dictionary says, um, that grow means to increase gradually in size and become greater and larger and expand. So in a minute, I'll talk about what I think is meant when we hear as small business owners about growing our business. Um, but firstly, I want to talk a little bit about the actual word grow. So I'm looking at the thesaurus and um, it, it basically says that synonyms, oh my gosh, there's another word, synonyms. I don't know, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. So another word for grow um, is advance or to become or to build or to cultivate or to develop. It can mean expand, flourish increase, mature, produce, uh, raise, rise, widen, swell, thrive, abound, amplify, lots and lots of words here, enlarge, heighten, luxuriate, that's a lovely word, isn't it? Uh, maturate, don't know about that one, um, ripen. And some of these words really, I guess, when I think about the word grow, obviously I'm thinking about like a plant growing or a flower growing and that kind of thing. Now, if you have decided that you don't want to grow, I, it, the, the opposite to growing, okay, in the, in the dictionary or in the thesaurus, 
the opposite to the word grow, the antonym for the word grow is to cease, to compress, to contract, to decline, decrease, demolish, ooh, destroy, diminish. Uh, what else have we got here? Fail, ignore, lessen, lower, narrow, neglect. Ooh, that's not very nice, is it? Uh, reduce, recede, retreat, ruin, shrink, stop. A bridge condense. <laughs> okay, we're getting a little bit um, away from the original word, but you can see here the opposite to grow doesn't sound very appealing. So even though you might be saying, I don't want to grow specifically, you definitely probably don't want to um, neglect or demolish or repress your business. So I guess what I'm thinking here is that when you say that you don't want to grow your business, you're actually meaning something else. And so I've been thinking about what that actually is. And I've been thinking of all the different things that we could do if we have reached a point where we don't want to grow our business. However, I have to give you the definition of what I think people mean when they talk about growing their business. I think that what the person means is to get more clients. So when someone says, I don't want to grow, it means I don't want to get more clients. So I think that's the real kind of meaning behind that. So when someone says, I don't want to grow, I don't think it's true that they don't want to grow because no one wants to do the opposite to growing unless you've decided it's time to close down your business or you want to sell. That's a completely different story. But I'm talking about people who want to continue. So no one wants to shrink their business but you may not want to grow your income. So what I want to do is talk a little bit about the different types of ways that you can grow without growing your income. So we think, um, sorry, not growing your income. Gosh, I think all of us would probably like to grow our income. But what I'm talking about here is, you know, when you don't want to grow, you're potentially probably saying to me that you don't want to get more clients on board. Um, I will link into last week. No, it wasn't last week, the week before podcast episode where I actually went like quite specifically into different ways that you can um, grow your profit because a lot of people think that the only way to get profitable is to get more clients and bring in more income, but that's only one of many ways. Um, so I will put the link to that, but today we're going to focus on what to focus instead, what to focus on instead when you don't want to grow. And so I've done a little bit of a brainstorm and I've come up with eight, actually nine, uh, different things that you could focus on. Of course, this is not a completely exhaustive list in, and actually I did come up with eight, but there was another one that I kind of threw on, on the end. Um, so let's go through those and yeah, let's have a look at these together. So the first one I was thinking of is if you decide that you don't want to get more clients, then another thing that you could focus on instead is improving your financial position. So I'm talking about growing. So you're still growing, but you're growing your profit instead of your client base. Um, as I said, I do in the other episode go into a lot, a lot more detail on profits, but that is something that you could focus on. So you can actually improve your profit without actually growing your business. In fact, you know, you'll hear about people who say, oh, like I got rid of a whole bunch of clients that weren't a good fit anymore. You know, maybe there's some smaller clients that are not 
you know, sort of fitting in with your business as you're, um, you know, changing your purpose or, you know, advancing in your own skill set could be anything like that. But it could be, you know, sometimes people have got, you know, moved on clients who are, you know, high, high maintenance clients. So they're taking up a lot of your time and you're not necessarily getting the best out of your business and you might be writing off a lot of time and things like that. So there's lots of different ways that you can focus on your financial position instead of focusing on growing your client base and you can actually grow your profit. So your profit obviously is what's left over after you pay all your expenses. So your income comes in and then you pay it all out again and hopefully there's some left over. Um, and that is your, that amount left over for you is your profit. Um, and so it is possible. Most people just think, oh, well, if I want my profit to go up, I, you know, I need to um, spend less or earn more. And there are other ways to do that. So I recommend that you check out that other episode. And so number two is about team development. So if you've got a business and you're happy with the size of your client base, perhaps your focus could be on growing your capacity, um, growing your effectiveness, even you could say. So you might decide to spend a season working on developing your team. Now, I did also mention this in the other podcast that, you know, when you're a bookkeeper, you're, you don't have a factory with machinery. We don't have physical machines, but what we have is, so our assets that generate our income are our teams and our software platforms. And so it's really important to develop our teams. And, you know, that is something that takes focus people, um, you know, I guess it's kind of easy to think that, you know, you just kind of write the correct job description, find the correct person that they're going to join your team and it's all going to be great. But the thing is teams need to be developed, especially if you want your staff to work for you long-term and really understand your clients and the business and to really care about what they do. And, you know, there's some bookkeepers in our industry who share quite a lot about their journey with their team and things like that. And I just think that that is great. You know, there are some bookkeepers out there who have excellent teams um, and, you know, we can really learn from others like that. So, um, you know, for me, just, you know, starting my bookkeeping business again, I don't have a huge team, but I've got, I've got two team members now and at Savvy, there's eight of us. And so I have learned through, um, you know, through my own personal experience that, you know, really putting aside time to invest in the team is really, uh, really crucial. And, you know, I think, um, you know, actually I will talk a little bit more about something that ties into team development. It's actually listed as number eight, so I won't skip to that now, but when it comes to developing your team, like part of it is that your team need to really understand your processes. So I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit further along. Um, but you know, that's something that you could spend your, your time on, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like, but you could do workshops with your team. You could uh, set aside regular time to actually, um, you know, make sure that they understand the processes. You can make sure that they have the training that they need to use all of your software platforms. And, you know, like you could have like brainstorming days. Like one thing that I'm really big on is letting my team contribute to designing the processes and actually, you know, helping them 
to um, not helping them to gosh they're better than me at a lot of things but you know I guess empowering them to and giving them permission when I say empowering I really mean giving them the permission to say hey you're allowed to own this like if you don't like this process then you know like make it your own and put your own input into it suggest ideas and that kind of thing so in order to do that, you do have to be fairly flexible. So, you know, like, I mean, my team tell me they don't like some of my stuff. You know, I come up with all sorts of different ideas on how to um, do things. And sometimes I go to them to tell them, okay, this is the way we're going to do this particular thing. And they're like, oh, why, why are you doing it like that? Why don't you do it like this, this and this? And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's way better. I'm so glad that I asked you. So, you know, I think working with a team and developing your team, like you kind of, you can't afford to um, take your own stuff personally. Like if you've built the business from the ground up, you have to kind of learn to let go as well. And, you know, the business is not always going to be all about you, especially if you're going to be, um, you know, developing your team and, you know, in the future, even if you decide not to grow your client base, you still can invest in the people. Um, so I think that's a great thing to focus on. If you've decided you don't want to grow your client base at the moment, then and you have a team in place, then why not have a think about different ways that you could develop that team? Um, so that brings me to my next one, number three, which is professional development. So you could grow your knowledge. And this is a really exciting one. I think a lot of bookkeepers really love this. Um, for me personally, technical bookkeeping stuff is not my jam. But what is, is learning you know, for me, my professional development is more centered around um, customer service or consulting type services as opposed to technical bookkeeping. So for, because for me, um, in my business, I've got my, um, I guess I'd call her a junior bookkeeper, even though she's like a mid-level experience level and my bass agent. So they just work together. I don't need to know all the technical stuff. You know, I could um, if I wanted to, but uh, you know, it's not, it's actually not me. I've never really been as a bookkeeper into all the technical side of things. So of course there are basic things that you need to know about the technical side of bookkeeping, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I wouldn't know. So I would say the things that I personally know is how to get more out of the software than what is kind of standard. So that's something that I've always been really big on. Um, so looking at, and I guess that sort of comes back again to, you know, refining the client's processes and making things run more smoothly. So I like to look at, okay, like this is the standard set of reports that are available to us from the software that you can click a button and get a report. But for me, I like to kind of create my own reports. You know, I export data and I kind of, you know, manipulate it and put it into a different type of format so I can get different types of data that I need. And so um, I can't really think of an example right now because I'm not actually thinking in that headspace, but that's something that you could think about with your own development. You know, I think learning how to be really good on spreadsheets is great. So a lot of people are trying, when I say a lot of people, like, I don't know, I guess it's really just the software programs that promote like these forecasting tools and things like that they try and say like you know spreadsheets are really outdated and things like that but like I'm sorry spreadsheets are awesome I use a spreadsheet for everything well actually I use Airtable for a lot of stuff now which is sort of like a spreadsheet like a 
sort of like a database, but um, Google Sheets is my favorite now. I still use Excel sometimes, but I find Google Sheets is just a lot easier to use and it, it allows you to collaborate with the team. But there's a, there's a couple of things that Excel does a little bit better, but in a sense, they're, you know, they're quite similar. So, you know, something that you could focus on is, you know, you could brush up on your Excel skills. You could take a software um, course. Um, a lot of bookkeepers that I know at the moment are doing HR intermediary courses or payroll courses to really boost up their payroll knowledge. Again, that is definitely not something that I love to do. I'm not a fan of payroll. It's too technical for me. Um, I'm a, such a big picture person. So anything that has to really get into the nitty gritty details, I don't like unless the um, uh, the criteria that makes the details acceptable is I like I like finding mistakes. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, although these days, because I've been doing bookkeeping for so long, you sort of like, I don't know, you reach a point where you're like, oh, I don't really want to be doing all of this, like um, this sort of stuff. So you do reach a point in your career where you think I need to learn something above and beyond what I'm currently doing so that I can kind of, I don't know, like move sideways and upwards within the, within the business, but still technically be a bookkeeper and still, um, you know, be able to have the relationships with the clients. So that's something that you could do. Uh, what else could you do in the sphere of growing your knowledge? You could, I don't know, I'm just trying to think like there's lots of different courses and programs. There's lots of free information out there. You can just, you know, surf the internet, find different things. Um, you know, you can work with um, somebody else. So you could work with another colleague. Um, you could work with a mentor or something like that. Um, but there's just, there's lots of other opportunities out there. Um, some of the clients that I work with are really focusing on developing their knowledge of add-on softwares. Um, so not some people decide to learn, a, you know, a wide range and other people decide to um, kind of go a little bit more narrow, but really go very deep in their knowledge about that. So, so I think that's a really good idea if you decided that you don't want to grow your business. Um, and that is if you don't want to get more clients, then you can actually focus on growing your knowledge instead and focusing on your professional development. So number four is customer service. So that kind of relates again um, into what I was saying. So this is about growing your relationships with your clients. So if you've decided you don't want to get any more clients, then maybe it's a good, good idea to get yourself in a position where you can start to actually invest in your clients, your existing clients more, because you know, there's a saying that it costs more to get a new client than it is to retain an existing one. And so if once you make that decision, okay, I actually don't want to pursue trying to get new clients, you can actually spend more time and more focus actually nurturing your existing relationships with your clients and to be able to find out if there's anything else that you can offer them. So you may have other interconnected expertise, you know, related to, you know, the BAS work or the payroll that you're doing that you've just been dying to do, but you're needing to spend some more time nurturing your relationship with a client. So that's something that you could focus on if you don't want to get more clients. You could actually spend a season coming up with a way that you could actually work on your customer service, uh, your customer retention, and you know to be able to actually really take those relationships to the next level. And it could be something as simple as reaching out to the clients, asking them out for a coffee, you know, half an hour coffee, have a chat, see where things are at in their business, 
or just giving them a call from time to time, especially if you've got staff managing everything and you feel maybe that you've lost touch with the clients a little bit and that kind of thing. So that's, you know, everybody likes to be able to give great customer service, but you know, it doesn't happen by accident. I think sometimes you just have to, you know, you just have to prioritize that into your day, into your week, make time to do that because otherwise you just, you can get so busy with lots of different things. And so that leads me into my next one, which is number five, which is actually um, upselling. So once, you know, once you've started to understand your clients more and spend more time with them and seeing if you can come up with some solutions, then another way to actually, um, you know, the focus here would be on growing your revenue. So you can actually grow your revenue without getting more clients. So that's another way to grow, but without technically growing. So upselling is where you offer uh, additional services to your existing clients. And so once you've got to know the, you know, the, the deeper pain points that your clients are having above and beyond, you know, the standard kind of bookkeeping stuff, like obviously when your clients come to you, they're like, oh, I just need my bass done. My bass is overdue. I just need someone to do my payroll. I don't like doing it. But if you spend the time getting to know them, you might discover that there's other little problems in their business that you can also solve for them. And then you can upsell them into new services. So that's number five. And number six ties into that again, and that's product development. So you could actually focus on growing your free time. And um, so the way that product development can help you grow your free time is, and I call it product development, but what I'm really talking about is putting your intellectual property and your knowledge and your training and your, you know, everything that you do can actually put, be put into some kind of a product. It doesn't have to be a product that you sell. Like for example, you don't have to turn your expertise into like a mini course or a program of some kind like that. But you, you know, I know a lot of bookkeepers now are using Loom to make little training videos for their clients. Um, even, I mean, last week I had a great chat with Samuel Burmeister from Tallbooks and he talked all about um, how he's been developing his YouTube channel. And, you know, he didn't start the YouTube channel up to actually grow his business. He did it because he wanted a spot where he could refer clients to for teaching them how to do things. And so what you can do is you can grow your free time by turning your knowledge into little products that you can share with your clients. Um, and, you know, you can use that for training clients. You can use it for training, you know, I guess you can use it for training staff as well. Uh, and you can also use it as part of your marketing strategy as well. So from there, I guess, you know, obviously there's a lot of things on this list, but you know, it's hopefully it's giving you some ideas on things that you can focus on instead, because if you've been feeling, you know, pressure to grow your business and you thought that that means getting new clients, then, you know, now you can see that there's lots of other things that you can focus on. So another thing that you could focus on in the next season is to change your pricing structure. So, uh, as you know, I am a big fan of this topic because I've seen how it helps bookkeepers to grow their businesses in other ways. And so I'm going to call this, you know, growing your 
just because I'm trying to come up with something unique because I've already used growing your profit. But I would say growing, um, changing your pricing structure helps you to grow consistency in your income. So it helps to improve your uh, cash flow and just to, you know, have a better sense of consistency in the business. And the other thing about changing your pricing structure is, uh, personally, I actually think it helps to grow your confidence. So the reason that I say that, and it might not, it might not make sense instantly, but the reason that it helps you to grow your confidence is if you imagine, um, I think it's because it removes you from the picture. Like every bookkeeper that I start off working with, they think that their bookkeeping business and what they do is all about them. And so that's not a bad thing. That's just quite natural. And so what happens is as we grow in our own knowledge and expertise, we start thinking to ourselves oh, well, I'm just going to keep putting my prices up and up and up and up because my knowledge and expertise is growing. The problem is what we're doing is we're actually ignoring the fact that, um, you know, there is a market rate when it comes to bookkeeping. So just because bookkeepers want to keep putting their prices up because their expertise and knowledge has grown, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that clients are going to want to continue to increase their fees forever. And um, so I do talk about this a lot more in that podcast from a couple of episodes ago, which I mentioned about um, improving your profits. So if, if you have a listen to that, you'll really understand a bit more on what I'm talking about when it comes to changing your pricing structure. And I'm a big believer that once you know, you know, once you have like a catalog of everything that you offer, it actually removes you from the picture and it makes it less personal. And, you know, there are ways for you to um, actually, uh, yeah, it, it's going to come as a surprise, but did you know that you can actually lower your hourly rate and remain competitive and actually earn more overall? And, you know, in um, that's something that I teach in my um, program, which is called Pricing for Profit. And, you know, that's, uh, I'm amazed. Like I was working with a client yesterday and this client, when, when he first started working with me, I think we've been working together for, hang on, uh, what are we, September. So he started working with me in July last year. So it's like ooh, 14 months, 14, 15 months. So we've had, well, we've had about 15 sessions together and we, we work together on a monthly basis. And when he first came to me, he wasn't really a very confident person. Um, in our initial, um, you know, planning strategy session, I thought... You know, I, when I spoke to him, I just saw something like really cool in this guy. Like he was pretty quiet and not very confident in himself, but I could see that the underlying um, beliefs and the underlying, um, you know, motivations for why he was doing what he was doing were really great. The problem was he was having trouble articulating that. And so when we first started working together, um, you know, he wasn't happy with his profit. He wasn't happy, you know, he was still, bill I think he was billing his clients. Some of his clients were still on $40 an hour and that kind of thing. And he was feeling really down about the business, like wondering why did I start the business in the first place? And, you know, sort of having some regrets there. And so, you know, for everybody develops at different paces, but for this client, you know, he was, I guess there were times when we would meet together where, you know, he really felt that he wasn't making progress. And so it was really great to get together yesterday and we've been working on his pricing and he's, um, you know, been, he's been on a pretty, 
um, you know, fairly slow journey to transition the clients. Like he hasn't been in a rush to do it, but you know, he's actually managed to transition 62% of his um, client base, which has been really great to see. But as we looked at, you know, he's still got a couple of clients to go. Um, I think in total, like close to 20 clients, like maybe 18 clients or something like that in total. And so, you know, we worked out a plan on how to transition those clients, but he went off, I mean, I'm not taking credit for all of this, but he went off on his own after he'd done um, the program and he, he went and transitioned these clients. And out of all the ones he's tr uh, approached so far, every single one of them have signed on to his new package. And so we actually worked out his income once he transitions the rest of them, and I'm confident that he'll transition most of them, we've, we've picked two that we're not going to bother to transition. We're taking a different approach with those. Um, you know, everybody has a client or two that's not going to work with the packages, especially initially. And so, you know, we, we actually worked out that once he finishes transitioning those last couple of clients, his income is going to be increased by 42%. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, so already his income has increased by, I think, $3,000 a month, something along those lines. And I was just like, wow, I'm so proud of you. Like, you should really be proud of yourself. And it wasn't until we had that discussion that he actually realized that. And so now he has this more consistent income and also, you know, a better sense of confidence. Because I said, look, you know, obviously I've helped you in this process, but really it comes down to you and your relationships with your clients. And I can't take credit for that. What I can take credit for is the bit where I helped you put some structure in place, but the rest comes down to you. And I said, isn't it great that your clients actually respect you more than you thought and they've decided to come on board with the new packages. So I think changing your pricing structure can really give you a boost in confidence. And now you know, for him, when new clients come along, he doesn't have to feel like, oh, you know, should I charge them $40 an hour, $60 an hour, or what should I charge, or are they going to value me and stuff? He just goes, he goes out the back of his shop and he picks out, you know, five items off the shelf and he goes, here they are, this is the price, and they can either take it or leave it. You know, it takes, it puts a lot of simplicity into the business model. And so I think that's great because it's, it's good for you, it's good for the client. And so that takes me to my next Point, which is developing processes. So this side, it sort of ties into, I guess it ties into quite a lot of all the other ones. So developing your business processes is about growing your efficiency or your productivity. And again, in the previous podcasts, a couple of podcasts ago, I do talk about the difference between efficiency and productivity and how they're actually in conflict with one another, which is something that you might not have thought they're actually opposite which is really funny. I never knew that. So anyway, listen to that podcast if you want to get a bit of an idea of what I'm going on about. Developing processes is a great thing to focus on. If you decided that you don't want to get more clients, you can spend a season developing and refining your processes. If you have a team, I suggest that you involve the team and let them make decisions. Let them help to develop the processes. After all, they're the ones that are going to be operating the processes. So you know, I think if you can set aside some time to look at those processes and sometimes that involves, you know, various, um, you know, you're going to have to assess what does your business actually need? What do your clients need? And maybe, you know, you might need to adjust some of your software platforms and things like that. But really, it's not about the software program. Everyone thinks, oh, it's a software, it's a software, but you need to understand the underlying processes because if you don't, what will happen is you can jump from software to software without really knowing, you know, what's going to be the best because every, I can tell you right now, every software provider 
in the entire world, they just, <laughs> you go on their websites and a lot of what is on there is BS. Like there's a lot of stuff, like nothing against software programs, but the, the whole idea of a software company is they want to make money from selling their software and obviously they want to also help people but they need to make sales and so they use marketing on their website surprise surprise so when you go on a, a website for a software company they're going to make it sound like it's so easy and you know it's just click a button and blah 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 and you know software companies are always going to make themselves seem better or easier than they actually are. And look, there are some amazing software programs out there, don't get me wrong. And, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that, you know, we're in the cloud these days and we can really, you know, we can do everything online. Like, I love the fact that I can work from home. You know, I have my little like five or 10 minute breaks. I just went off before and chucked on the slow cooker, you know, put some lamb in the slow cooker. And, you know, my husband was putting the, um, you know, some of the laundry away, like maybe it was towel washing day or something like that. And we both just said to each other, like, how cool is it, you know, to be able to take a break and do stuff around the house. Like I love, I love working from home. So cloud platforms really have enabled bookkeepers to just go so far from where we were just on, like 10 years ago, it was nothing like this. You know, you're synchronizing mob files through Dropbox and stuff. Oh my gosh. Like you'd never want to go back there. The client logs in and you're logged in and then you end up with a duplicate file and you got to figure out, you know, which one's the most recent. You got to put all the transactions in again. It's just stupidity. So these days we don't have to deal with those types of headaches, but we do need to understand our processes um, and then, you know, find the right platform to support that process. I think that's really important. Everyone just assumes that all bookkeepers are the same. And just because a bookkeeper is a bookkeeper is a bookkeeper, you can basically just all use the same software platforms. But we all do things in different ways. We all have different goals. We all have different clients with different needs. And so it really is a customized process. Um, you know, there's no one solution for that. So I say get beneath the software and the shiny shiny things i was joking with um my project coordinator this morning um maya she's um yeah she's great she we were just talking about um how bookkeepers you know we're not really well maybe some of us are but we're not really into um shoes and handbags for us it's about you know it's about the software platforms and um you know our intellectual um knowledge and and different things like that so i guess it's different things that we as bookkeepers are attracted to and the thing is you know we can go off chasing those shiny things and i'll be the first person to put my hand up and go i've done that and i do it and that's okay but you know what i've come to learn as i've matured as a business owner myself is that you know understanding the underlying processes uh, grow your efficiency and your productivity you know this is going to help you with your customer service it's going to help you develop your team it's going to help you to be able to upsell to your clients and develop new products to free up your time and it's just going to be awesome <laughs> so that brings me to the very last one which is not really like any of the other ones on the list and that is something outside of business. I don't even have like a clever thing to contrast it to growing your whatever. I don't know. It could be growing your social life or growing your sense of enjoyment in life or maybe growing your 
I don't know, your spirituality or your relationship with your friends. I don't know, this might come as a surprise to you, but, and I'm not trying to generalize here, but a lot of bookkeepers are introverts. Now, not always. I mean, I don't know if I'm an introvert. I have no idea what I am. I'm like introverted extrovert. I'm one of those people. I don't know. I like talking, but I don't like being around lots of people. So people always go, oh, you go in a zero con and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, I couldn't think of anything worse than being in like a massive room full of people. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's not really um, something that I find exciting. I'm like a one-to-one -one sort of maybe small group kind of person. Um, so, but at the same time, I do feel that when I get around people that I really like, I'm very outgoing and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I think on the whole, I'm not going to judge here, but I do know from our customer surveys or not surveys, but we have a questionnaire that we send to people before they come and have an initial session with us. And I always ask a question on that questionnaire about whether that the person has interests or hobbies or if they have any kind of activities that they do outside of business. And a lot of people say no, a lot. So, you know, I think sometimes when we reach a point where we say, I don't actually want to grow my business, you know, for me, like you can listen in on episode seven of the bookkeeping project. I'll put the link in for that as well. I actually burnt out believe it or not, probably you believe it. Like I do know that some of our um, lovely bookkeepers in our community kind of saw it coming before I did, but you know, life isn't all about business, even though it is. <laughs> so like, I absolutely love business. Business is my thing. Like, I, okay. Like I like people. Um, I like software. <laughs> I like um, business. I love the way that business works and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, it can get a little bit too much. Like sometimes I just focus so much on the business that I tune out everything in my life. And then what happens is when I'm not working, I sort of feel a little bit dull or a little bit disconnected. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, hmm, hmm, wonder what else I could be doing. Wonder what else is on my to-do list and that kind of thing. And it's actually really good if you decide that you don't want to grow your client base and you just want to, you know, it's okay to take some downtime. It's actually okay to want to focus on something outside of the business. Um, so, you know, like great things that happen outside of the business are not going to happen by accident. It's the same as with business, you know, I guess, and I can't, oh, I'm not speaking as an expert here because I'm not really a person to have a lot of hobbies. So my hobby, my favorite hobby is reading books. <laughs> I love reading about business. Um, I like reading, um, you know, well, I guess, I don't know. I did say before that I don't really, um, you know, I said, oh, I like people, like in a way, like, yeah, I like people, but not in that kind of like, I'm not like a real people, people, person, person, if you know what I mean. Um, but I like to understand people, you know, I like to read books about, um, you know, people who think differently um, and things like that, you know, to, to hear about people's um, stories and their struggles and things like that. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't have a lot of like, yeah, you know, I like to go for walks. We've got a really nice park around our house, like a community garden, which I'm not a member of. <laughs> I'd love to be, you know, I like to get out in the garden sometimes I like to cook sometimes but I would say I'm not really like a hobby hobby kind of person 
So that's actually okay. But, you know, if you reach a point where you don't want to grow your business, you know, maybe think about something outside of the business. Could be anything. Could be a holiday. Could be, I don't know, anything. Like, yeah, I, don't, I can't even think of anything because I'm not really that creative. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start a podcast. <laughs> oh, no, that's a business thing. Or you could start a non-business podcast, I guess. Anyway, I am just rambling now, so I will not subject you to any more of my rambling, but I hope that you found this very helpful and I hope you've got lots of great ideas on things that you might be able to focus on instead if you don't want to grow your business. And again, I'll just, I'll chuck heaps of links in the podcast, um, helpful notes, and I will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so make sure you subscribe to get future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And if you love this episode, jump on and leave us a review. Are you looking for some resources to help build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook page or head to our website, thesavvybookkeeper.com.au. Until next time, stay savvy.